Have you ever wondered about how much the early years of your existence have influenced your life today? Many psychologists say it, that the first months and years of your life are the most influential. Not decisive though, but indeed impactful in the developmental stage of a person. Indeed, there are many connections between the childhood and adult life of today's protagonists. Many of these are traumatic events, but they have brought in some way positive fruits. So in this podcast episode, we'll get to know Reina and her story. Welcome back to Sparks. And this is Clara Luz, saving children from the streets in Bolivia. Avalos Calvis is 57 years old, and she lives in a small village in Valle Grande, a mountainous area in Bolivia. She got married at the age of 17 and gave birth to four children. The first years of her life have been quite peculiar, and they significantly marked the woman she has become today. It all started around the time of her mother's death. Her father placed her in an orphanage together with her sister, because he could not take care of them. My mother died and my father took us to an orphanage. We stayed there until I was 14 years old. But what really matters to me is not the life at the orphanage, but life as a teenager. I always had this empathy to be around little children. Because I had to take care of them before going to high school. I took care of my little brothers. My little brother was one and a half years old. And the brother who followed him was three years old. I was five, and I had a sister who was seven years old. But she had cerebral paralysis. So I've lived like this in my family. And every time I would see a similar situation, memories would come back. I mean, you have to do something because you've lived that. I couldn't let other children take care of their little brothers and sisters alone, without parents. So that makes me very empathetic with people. I also remember that when I was a child, I didn't have shoes. I was five years old and I don't remember having shoes. And wherever we lived, there were stones, there were thorns, and they would hurt my feet. When I returned to Bolivia after living abroad, I saw children barefoot, just like me in my childhood, and stepping on the warm sand because it's a warm area where I live. And I saw children waiting for their mother to go out to work with their little brothers in their arms. So all that came back to my memory, that part of my childhood and adolescence. When Reina was a teenager, she left her village to study in Cochabamba, a bigger city in Colombia. And there she met Jorge, a young boy and a son of a minor, who then later became her husband. At the age of 15, she had to stop her studies to go back home because her father had died and she had to take care of her siblings. Jorge followed her to help, and they got married a few years later. He was 19 and she was 17. 
After being married for a few years, they welcomed their first two children. And soon after, an exciting opportunity arose when Jorge was granted a scholarship in Belgium, having the entire family relocating there. In the span of time living in Belgium, they got to know an organization that radically changed this young family's life. An idea which Reina herself would call it is a way of life promoting unity and fraternity on which the Focolare movement is based and was founded by Chiara Lubic. And there, I understood the ideal, which is in all social classes, in all people, and everyone lives it in their own way. So I came back with all that wealth, with all the childhood I had lived, came back to my area and found the situation. So I told myself, if you are concretely about living the ideal that Kara Lubick taught us, then you do not keep this ideal for yourself. You are not going to be happy if you keep it for yourself. Don't stay only with those who understand you. It makes you do things and it really gives you that happiness. And you know it clearly because it is an immense joy when you do something and you feel that it is from God and you feel something different. After spending some years in Belgium, the young family decided to go back to Bolivia. They arrived there highly educated and formed but penniless. So they went to live beyond the outskirts of another municipality, Santa Cruz, and Jorge found a job as a rural teacher. Reina stayed in her humble house to take care of her children and opened a small kitchen to sell food like soup or typical dishes of the area. And in their neighborhood, there were many poor people and children exposed to many dangers. Reina felt that she had to do something for these children. Often, she would help them as much as she could, but then eventually realized that she could build something bigger and way more organized. At this moment, the idea of opening a children's home came into mind. And then later on, the facility would come to be known as Clara Luz, meaning clear light. Primero eso. There was no plan. First, I didn't have anything to open a center. I didn't have anything. Just live life. Live the present moment. That's it. It wasn't my plan. And when I thought about it, and I thought about us, we didn't have a job, we had just returned from Europe. We didn't even have all the resources that we saved. We had just enough to live while searching for a job. And for that, it was necessary to have a phone in case someone called. I think we put the second telephone of the neighborhood in our house, and people came to call. They came, and we saw all the pain of those people. They were mothers that couldn't teach their children to read and write because they didn't know how to do these things. So apart from supporting the children, I said to those moms, why not learn how to read? And we gathered five mothers at the table, and I started teaching. Little by little, the number of people going to Reina for help increased. Her home didn't have enough space and there were not enough resources. Reina had a friend named Atilio, a fellow member of Focolare Movement, who started assisting her in spreading the message to gather additional resources. 
One day, a priest who heard about her activities came to Reina's house. He told her that he had received $6,000 in an inheritance and that he wanted to invest it to buy land where she could take in all the people who needed her help. And this was the first turning point in the history of Clara Luz. We started to have this dream. There was only one room. In that moment, we had children with Down syndrome and malnourished children. I didn't know anything about pedagogy, but I knew that these children needed to eat, to be clean, to live safely. We had 15 children. This is how we started. When there was so much poverty in my neighborhood that there were many children who were in very bad condition, especially from malnutrition. We didn't have food to feed the children. We didn't have it. We had to share our food. There was no project. There was no one, right? And we only had that room. And then Atilio said that we could ask AMU, an NGO. We had a project and unfortunately it didn't come out. But they said to us, wait until the end. If there is any money left, we will give it to you. So there was some money left at the end and they gave it to us. After, AFN, a non-profit organization, helped us a little bit more, with other resources. Then some friends, even from Bolivia, came and helped with something. Reina just talked about two organizations called AMU and AFN. AMU, or AMU, is an NGO specialized in international cooperation and global citizenship education projects. AFN is an international non-profit organization focused on the integral development of every person, community, and people, beginning with the most fragile and disadvantaged. Both of them are inspired from the spirituality of the Focolare movement, and you can find more information about them in the description of this episode. But over time, the children in need increased and the resources were never enough. Arena decided to ask the municipality for help. And after all, this is a social issue which should concern everyone, starting with the authorities. So saving children from the street means giving them a chance to educate themselves, to train and to integrate society. I looked for help because we couldn't afford to feed the children. I went to the mayor's office. For two years, I walked to the town hall and said, can you help us with the food for the children or with some salary? I waited for two years for help. And one day, I found the mayor and he said, you still don't have food? No, and we don't even have educators. And then the next week, I had the truck with food. It was an incredible abundance. And since that time, they began to help us. That was in 2003, more or less. They began to help us with food, with salary for two or three educators. Clara Luz became a haven for children, 
providing them space for after-school and recreational activities, as well as to enjoy nutritious meals. It served as a setting for shared learning experience guided by the fundamental rule practiced in this environment, which is to love one another. There are many children who have thought that this was a home to stay day and night. I have heard a mother crying outside my door saying, Son, you are going to stay. It is good here. And I doubted a lot. But you have to consult your partner. When there is a family, it's not only you who decides. So I wanted to take a child to my house. He was 10 years old. His father would hit him. And then I have an older son who has died recently. He was a bit of an accomplice of these crazy things we were doing. And I asked him, son, what do we do? And he answered, why not? We looked at each other. Then we ran out, but the mother had already left. But since that day, all those people who needed help, a shelter, a home, time, we have opened the house. And in fact, several children have passed through our house until the situation of the family improved. As Reina recounted, another significant event that left an indelible mark on her life was the untimely passing of her eldest son. In 2015, Juan passed away at a young age in an unexpected manner as he collapsed to the ground while playing football with his brothers. It was later discovered that he suffered from the Chagas disease, an infectious and transmissible disease. And Reina was then also diagnosed with the same disease, which he managed to heal from. And many others also discovered that they had this disease. Juan's death, of course, turned Reina's life upside down. Yet, even amidst the profound grief, she found a way to respond and positively impact many others. God has also made me go through all the pain, all the suffering, perhaps to understand others, to feel the same in those moments that had been very strong for me too. Then, like many people and associations, The activities of Clara Luz changed dramatically during the COVID-19 pandemic. The facility closed for many months due to lockdowns. With the pandemic, everything closed. They didn't allow us to open. A lady told me, I thought we were going to die. And I told her, why? Because of COVID. She said, no, because of hunger. So for me, it was so hard to hear that they didn't even have food to eat. And we started to campaign, to work with the Unisol Foundation, to raise funds to buy food and distribute to families. So during those years of quarantine became the center of help for people in the neighborhood that were having difficulties, especially from hunger and illness. Because as you have seen that COVID was feared in the whole world, so we set up a room and hired a doctor to come and quietly and secretly treat these families that were sick. So that's what we did during the pandemic.
Currently, Clara Luz provides home for 120 children aged 6 months to 12 years, with the capacity to accommodate up to 180 individuals. The facility is run by 14 staff and personals, including 7 educators funded by the municipality. Any necessary supplies or resources not covered by municipal support are acquired with contributions from the children's parents whenever they are financially able to contribute. For Reina, one of the greatest difficulties is that of feeling alone. Faced with so many challenges, she felt abandoned and powerless. But she did not give up. She feels a strong urge to react in the face of abandonment and injustice. And she believes that she cannot remain indifferent. So she's convinced that seeing the fruits of her choices, even the most difficult and courageous ones, repays all her efforts. We should go out where there is that need. That is not the ideal for me, like a therapy to feel good, but that we really need to be kind and the world needs us for everything. They need us everywhere. And then we need that coherence in life. If we believe in an ideal, if we believe in fraternity, we should live it. Not just put it in writing or smiles nice to be in a group and feel and see each other. But you know what a joy it is when someone else looks at you or smiles and pays you back with a smile for what you do. Or when after years someone finds you and greets you and says thank you and tells you at that moment I was in difficulty and you have welcomed me. Sometimes it takes courage to enact change. And in this way, it is possible to illuminate even the darkest situations in order to become true change makers, ready to address injustice in your society. And this was the last podcast episode of the season. And thanks to you all for the support that we've received throughout the episodes. But if you're interested in hearing other stories, please tell us here in the comments below or on our social media channels, United Word Project. Oh, we'd like to thank Pascal for lending us your voice for this last episode. Also, thank you, Yumna, for doing a great job working alongside with me. We also acknowledge the amazing team behind the production of this podcast. Without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Russell and the team. See you soon, everyone. Bye. This was Sparks, a United World Project podcast. Speakers, Russell Gabayeron and Yumna Buzamel. Authors are Rita Amidi and Laura Salerno. Editing and sound design by Russell Gabayeron. Social media communication by Luisa Rodriguez. Production, Pascal Munsefa Bud. And special thanks to Carlota Raimundo, Tamara Pastorelli and Paolo Balduzzi.